What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am the slow chemical. We have Jonathan Esther here today. We're actually giving you a two... Well, it's going to be two separate shows, but it's going to be the same episode, essentially. I have no clue how to mix this in with the... Uh, but Between doing the review of Loki episode two to this, I have no clue how to do it. So this will be two separate shows with the same episode, essentially, on uh, the podcast. Just follow, subscribe. You'll get all this good stuff. Um, he's on, Jonathan Nestor's on today to talk about the Gorgon readings. It's a new YouTube channel. Um, I'll let him describe everything that he wants to describe. Um, disclaimer, I've done some some editing for it, but I actually have no idea what the plan is or anything. So it's going to be mainly him talking. So if there's any questions, you guys can send them my way and I'll send them to him and you guys will get it done that way. I will put a link um to the channel in this week's episode so that way you guys can just click on it and you guys can go from there as well so what's up man doing all right man how you holding up i am great um so yeah tell us like first of all tell them about the origins of the gorgon readings because from my end it was something happened with alone in the dark he was high one night or something and he came knocking on my door like three in the morning and was like, hey, why aren't you guys doing this? And I said, well, I presented this idea, Dave, Jonathan Esther, years ago. He said he had no interest. He said, okay, that was the end of the conversation. I thought it was. And then over the next coming weeks, all of a sudden, this conversation intensified from his end. And I'm like, what What do you want me to do? Talk to him. And then you guys will have conversations. And then I would get yelled at from about, about me not knowing the conversations. And then I just said, oh, I just don't care anymore. So I just get yelled at for no reason. So you tell me how this was brought to you, what made you want to do it, and what makes you different than something like uh, Variant Comics or a comic historian. Uh, well, it, it was brought to me in a very similar manner as it was brought to you. Uh, I don't know about the high part, but he was definitely random when he brought it to me and and at the time we because we've talked this has come up occasionally in conversation over the years as far as doing something like this but again it, it i just i kept looking on the internet and i was like i i feel like there's everybody is doing the same stuff right like everybody is doing there's there's tons of channels you can go to to get the lowdown or general review on comics or comic storylines or anything of that nature um so, but one week, I don't remember. There, there must have been something going on in in the in the whole entertainment industry because he was one of like three people that super randomly contacted me. People that I don't even involve in these kind of conversations about comics and stuff that contacted me and brought up the concept of like, hey, maybe you should do this. And I was like, all right, I don't know, I don't. I'll I'll look into it again. Like you said, we talked about it before, and at the time I was like, I, I think there's too many of these already. But then we started looking into it, and and we, me and uh, Alone in the Dark, got into a couple more conversations, and so we started spitballing ideas back and forth. And I told him, Hey, if we are going to do something like this, there, there are two rules. One, it it can't be something that's already popular in the zeitgeist so like um 
like right now invincible is super popular right mm -hmm. so i was like it, it can't be an invincible because things like invincible for example if you're doing invincible now then obviously we, we i think you mentioned it in, in one of your past podcasts uh they have they have he has other work that you could follow that could that you can immediately link to invincible and it's just logical because it's gonna it's gonna come out next right um so i told him i was like well what i'd rather do is i'd rather look into old stories that that a lot of these modern stories are based on that a lot of people might have might have forgotten or might have fallen into the wayside that i would like to do i would love to be like a, a comic historian and go and look into past comics that inspired a lot of modern uh entertainment and and we he said he was interested in it and 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 we were very grateful that you offered uh your editing expertise with the video i didn't portion. offer it but go ahead you you, you offered it because you gave it i didn't i didn't offer that that's not the same thing <laughs> I was yelled at for weeks. You were hijacked? Here, here's how that happened. I'm going to cut you off. So literally, every time I walk in the house from work for at least two weeks straight, I'm being yelled at because of reasons. And finally, Alona Dark's wife one morning was like, there's been such tension in the house. I was like, you know why? Every time I finish working, I come home, this mother, this, this mother bleeper is like waiting for me to yell at me about something that I'm not privy to. I literally do not like group messages because I'm dyslexic. I just it, everything's just just caught up in the mix when everyone's texting at once. So at one point in time, when when now the Gorgon reading thread has slowed down tremendously, but before it was just nonstop. I'm at work. I'm not keeping up with that stuff. And even if I wasn't at work, when I look at my phone, I tend to wait until things slow down. So no, I I didn't offer it. Let's get that straight, muchacho. What happened was I was being yelled at, and then I said, you know what, fuck it. So then then I yelled at him back, and then his wife was like, that makes sense. Is why is why you guys have been yelling at each other back and forth? Because I said, don't put me in that. I I've been getting yelled at, and I don't even know what's going on. So anyways, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but that needs to be clarified. No, that's fine. That's fine. Ultimately, you you. Kindly offered your services, which yeah, is appreciated. That wasn't kindly. Yeah, <laughs> but go ahead. Anyway, the the so I brought up the idea of let let's do something um, classic, and and um, there is a there's an old uh, manga that I'm a fan of called Samurai Executioner. It's made by the same guys that made Lone Wolf and Cub, and and Lone Wolf and Cub is a direct inspiration for what The Mandalorian is now. So a lot of the concept and thought process and approach to how The Mandalorian is presented on so TV. So I'm, I'm gonna cut you off again. I doubt anyone in this podcast. I mean, I don't know what The Mandalorian. I know it's a show on Disney Plus, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if my fan base that listens to this knows what because I've never talked about that before ever. What is The Mandalorian? That's fine. I'll, I'll clear it up for them. Uh, it's a it's a story on uh, Disney Plus, a show created to kind of extend the lore of Star Wars. So it's it's uh, just a side story to Star Wars. Think of it as as a as a a, a forbidden door to to the impact wrestling of AEW or something of that nature, or 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 we could even say you know a tangential story to Marvel. Um, or, or uh, an even better analogy would be uh, Luke Cage to the MCU, 
right? Okay. So, it, it's... I, I brought up the idea of like, okay, I would love to do these stories about these obscure, archaic comics that people don't remember that are absolute classics, right? Like like one of the ones that got really popular for a while is, I don't know if you remember when the animated movie Tintin came out? I know what it is, but I don't remember exactly when it came out. Exactly. No, Nobody does. <laughs> it's that old. But it is like a pivotal comic for the reasons... Uh, a lot of comics are presented the way they are. It, it's part of the inspiration for Disney, as a matter of fact, in some way, or or vice versa. I can't remember, but it it they have a direct link to each other in the way that the comics kind of moved forward. It was a huge European comic. Uh, there, there's another one we've talked about doing called the Asterix and Obelisk. There's an old comic called Lucky Luke, which is an old Western because you know people forget there was like a whole popular genre of western comics with like these characters that were really great um but right now the the one we're going to start doing now that we've done the samurai executioner one is going to be uh you've seen the movie judge dread right dread i've seen the one that was really terrible and i've seen the one that was really good so yes yeah well we're gonna do the original inspiration to dread the comic that inspired it and down the line we're hoping to do stuff like the original TNMNT, uh, TNMN, TNMT, sorry, uh, Turtle, uh, uh, Ninja, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're hoping to do the original run and, uh, and those kind of comics. So just kind of look at the, the original comics that inspired a lot of the modern comic culture, a lot of the modern nerd culture, and dig a little more into those stories. Not so much like the story of the author or any of that, but the actual story the comic was telling. Um, with, with hopefully some pretty cool music, cool design, and showing some of the old school art that was that still holds up to this day in a lot of ways. Okay, so now my uh, the only question I really have is, and the question that I guess everyone's going to ask is, what makes your stuff different? Because as you said, there's so many people doing it. Like, to me, the reason why I can point out variant comics on YouTube or Comic Historian, I do, and even Matt Draper, I appreciate, even if, like, Matt Draper, for example, right? Even if I don't like his music, I like how different the music is. It's giving, like, this yeah. 80s feel. And he tries to put the music to the time, but also what I've noticed what a lot of these guys are doing, even someone like Owen's, like, Owen likes comics, they're collaborating with each other, I think, in order to become a little different, you know? Yeah. Variant, I think, also does a really good job of getting things out there pretty fast. Their content's pretty quick. Like they've been keeping up with the uh, last Ronin, but like, if, if it drops on a Wednesday, they're reviewing it on that. Not reviewing it, but giving you guys a story on the Sunday. So, like, like what makes you guys so different? Because so many people are doing the same thing. And I, I me personally, I just had I was having this phone interview with someone, right? And mm -hmm. they ask that question. I hate that question because, like, what do you think makes it different? I'm me. That's what makes it, I'm awesome. <laughs> but you can't say that in the interview because it's, it's it sounds pretentious and whatever. But what makes you guys different? Like, I've heard this stuff. I've obviously edited some of it, so I know the work that's been put in behind the scenes. But for someone who just wants to sit down for ten, maybe fifteen minutes at a time, and now that YouTube has evolved somewhat to where you can actually have multiple screens open and everything. What makes them different and what makes it what makes them want to what will make them want to go to you guys and say, Hey, I want to listen to Gorgon Reans. These are the guys I'm gonna to subscribe to to get my 
full stories that I want to know about? We're definitely going to be inspired by a lot of those people. For example, all the music is going to be original and timed to the story or or at least built around the story that we're telling. So all the music we're doing is always kind of geared around the story that's being told. All original music done in-house. Um, second off, we're not doing this uh, with the variant and those guys. They're usually at the whim of the industry currently. The advantage that we have is we're looking into the past. So we have all the time in the world to analyze these stories from different contexts and tell them the way we want to tell them in seasons. So as opposed to, to having this periodic drop of like, anytime the content is out, we have the content. We're planning on approaching this from a seasonal aspect where we're, we're going to give, okay, this season, for example, we did the original, the first season was we did the, the original tome of Samurai ex Executioner. The next season is going to be the, the, the tome, the first entire compendium of Dread. We're going to pick our favorite stories from there because that book is about 328 pages long of comics. So we're going to pick our favorite stories from there that we think give you the, the, the heart of the character and the reason these characters got popular in the first place. And we're going to tell those stories in those seasons and every at the end of every season we'll have a pause. So when we do this, when we're done, ultimately what this should feel like is a movie that you can drop in and out of anytime you want to, like an audio, an audio story you can just drop in, uh, like a podcast, but with a visual aspect you can enjoy, with a little bit of culture and a little bit of context to what you're enjoying now. And hopefully if we do this right, you'll be able to see a lot of modern art and a lot of modern comics and a lot of modern fandom you'll be able to see where it was birthed and and why and how it's changed from that time to now for example the the samurai executioner series is a great example when you watch that and you watch modern manga to see the difference in the evolution is is really fun if you're into that kind of art and, I, and we're hoping if we do this right people will get into the art and really get absorbed in it so that that's kind of the, the advantage we have, right? That they'll they'll only be just seasonal blocks of it. We'll be giving them every we'll be giving them weekly. That's our goal. And and as soon as the season's done, we'll prep the next season and then come out with it weekly again and, and just keep rocking and rolling. And of course we'll be taking uh any recommendations, any any uh advice, any context that the fans want to throw our way to improve the content, even to, to add to the content, because that also gives us a chance to talk to fans who know even more obscure comics with, with good lore and great history that we can bring to other people to discover and just build the fandom even bigger. No, I think that's a great answer, because also at the same time, nowadays we're so... Uh, I'm sure it's been like this for a long time, but I feel like once Jim Lee and Marvel dropped their x-men one and that's i still believe the highest sold comic issue to this day i think it sold three million copies i think since then that 92 94 area i think we've been so obsessed as a fan base of collecting comics but not actually reading them keeping them in oh, yeah. my, keeping them oh, in yeah. my condition all sort of stuff so there's not many people to actually know these stories like one of the stories i love the most and i'm a tmnt super super uh fan um 
since you're not going behind the scenes, I'm not breaking anything new. But a lot of people don't know that the Shredder was killed off. And if you have, if you ever had the first issue of TMNT, which I did yeah. have, Shredder was killed off. Yeah, immediately, immediately. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm, I'm glad you brought uh, you brought TN, uh, TNMN, TNMT or up right now. You are destroying this acronym really badly. TNMT. Yeah, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> Ninja Turtles. I'm going to make it easy. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought it up because one of the things that really broke my heart when the last Ronin came out is how happy and excited so many people were about it. But I would ask people like, hey, did you ever read the original run? And I'll be honest with you, nobody had. <laughs> nobody had read the original run, which I was like, you love this story right now. The source material will blow you away (laughs) like this this the reason the story is so epic is it's built on epicness if you can see the full scale of the story you you would the appreciation you would have not only for this modern comic but for the animated shows and the varieties the animated shows bring it is is i I can't even describe it's the same way i feel when i talk to people so, have you? Did you watch Teen Titans Go? Any part of it? No, I have not. Okay. For those that don't know, Teen Titans Go is is uh, a show on on Cartoon Network. That's a DC show about the 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 young wards of the Justice League. For the most part, these are the ones that are training up to become. It, it came from an original show from a show that was prior called Teen Titans. I watched and that. And it got kind of. Yeah, and Teen Titans was very popular. But there was a real divide between fans of Teen Titans and fans of Teen Titans Go because Teen Titans Go was very cartoony and over-the-top, whereas Teen Titans was a little more along the veins of, of you know, traditional animated cartoons where, where, like, fights had consequences and there were some dark stories and whatnot, not super dark and whatnot. Teen Titans Go, none of that. They had a whole episode in Teen Titans Go about how how ripped their their calves were because they walk everywhere <laughs> like that that was a super entertaining episode of Teen Titans go but if you if you love those two shows if you read the Teen Titans comics the stories of Jericho you know the the, the stories of, of Ravager uh, uh, Deathstroke's daughter joining the group the superboy stories when he has to deal with discovering that a guy who's grown up his whole life thinking that he's he's uh, the the clone of Superman also happens to have Lex Luthor, Superman's greatest villain, in him. And he and there are episodes in in the comics where he has to fight with that reality of like, am I am I a villain or am I a hero? Like, there's a part of the villain in me. What what does that do to me as a person? Those are fantastic conversations in kids' comics that talk about some really powerful stuff. It, it, so when I want to when I want to cover stuff like one of my favorite comics uh, and mangas of all time, Ghost in the Shell, which is a, a manga about uh, a woman, a spec ops woman who who had a disease as a child that got her that made her lose her body. Um, which is similar to multiple sclerosis, but it's it's a brain disease. So the only way they could save her was by putting her brain into an android body. 
And as the years go by more and more, she has to adjust because her brain ages, but her body doesn't. And they have to do additional repairs and stuff like that. After a while, she starts having a real conversation. I mean, the show is based around her as a cop taking on cop cases in the future. But the real story at the core of the show is, is she still human, right? She She's practically entirely robot, hence Ghost in the Shell. Is, is, is there a soul in her mechanical body that still justifies her human. What is the line? And through the stories, you see all these range of stories of androids that think they're human all the way to humans who think they're androids. And they navigate it from the perspective of a cop who's impartial and just looking at these conversations in that manner. I think these are fantastic stories to bring to the front because these are stories that inspire characters like Cyborg. Then you see Cyborg in... in uh, Injustice League, the Snyder Cut, and when you're watching that and you're enjoying that, the roots of that kind of thought process come from mangas like Ghost in the Shell. You know, the, the guys that are writing these stories absolutely read those comics. So I want to bring those comics to the fore in a manner that is entertaining and intriguing without talking about the, the, the history or the past and a couple of nuggets here and there about the authors and what else they, they went on to do or how they're linked tangentially to other things. But ultimately, my goal is just to get these awesome stories back out into the public and hopefully get a new fan base that, that gets to enjoy it. And, and based on the, the little bit we've put out, we've had great responses when people check them out. We've had great responses when people get to listen to the stuff and enjoy the stuff because the stories are, are poignant and dark and... And heavy, you know, uh, that's another thing I should warn. Uh, some of these stories are not going to be child-friendly. A lot of these stories are mature. For example, Samurai Executioner covers an executioner in the Samurai era. So you're talking about an era where people were cutting people down for cussing at them. What would it take for you to be presented to an executioner? Some of these crimes are pretty heinous. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a, a great eye-opening thing for people who love lore and who love mangas and who love comics and and who just love nerd culture all right well uh thank you for coming on telling us about what's going on like i said i will definitely put a link in the description here um even if i decide to combine the shows we'll see how that goes um but either way a link will be in the description you will get to your chance to go there and do it um do you want to give them your social media so that way they can maybe even follow you that way they can because i don't think Gorgon Reigns has an Instagram or anything like that, right? Not right now. Not yet. We're we're still setting okay. up all our all our uh, social networks. Well, but go ahead. until then, they 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 can totally check me out. I'm on I'm on Instagram at Jonathan Esther One. So if uh, if you want to contact me that way, you want to you know link up, ask any questions. I also have some some solo projects I do on there, but that's that's not necessarily connected to the Gorgon readings. But until we get up and running, I'll make sure I can update all that information there as well. All right, sounds good. Do you have anything else you want to add, or is that pretty much how, how you want to leave it? Uh, that's it, man. I, I do want to say I'm I'm I have my copy of Messina coming down, so I'm super excited. Can't wait to get it and the figure, so I can floss on these fools. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I still have like two left, but I mean, it's, I, I think those are about to be sold too. But um, I think people were actually thinking I was playing when I said I was, this was a limited run. Like, legit, for me personally, 
Stanfield Toys. Shout out to Stanfield Toys on uh, Instagram. Um, he does great work. Uh, me personally, me being a collector, as everyone knows who listens to the show, I'm just a much bigger fan of the six-inch scale figures. And if they're not six-inch, then they have to be the same way that the Batman, the animated series figures were. Even though there uh-huh. wasn't much articulation to them, those figures to me were like the perfect size because everyone kind of fit. Like, if you had a Dick Grayson Robin, he was shorter than Batman, and Batman was the right size. And like, But the three-and-a-half-inch scale is not really my thing, but I do know that is a lot of people's thing. But yeah. Uh- I, I think I side with you on that. I think those are better posers if you're going to have them uh, displayed somewhere. Right. They just they stand better and they hold better. The the ones with more articulation can get real tricky. Like I have a fantastic uh, um, Taskmaster that I picked up a little while ago, but he's fully articulated, and I and I didn't know what I signed up for till I got that thing. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I do know it's a big market for the three and a half inch scale, which I'm I'm happy for. You know, like I said, I've been to enough comic book stores to see that these things sell for 50 60 bucks each sometimes even more um but i appreciate anyone who supported it um and i did get good feedback from the messina episode and yeah for those who keep asking the only reason i kept going um um that entire episode i was super distracted alone the dark came into my room like three different times <laughs> and you can't hear him on the recording but he's talking to me and i'm like listening so i'm going um um and i'm like nodding my head yes and no then my phone is ringing off the hook, and I'm gonna say like, so I'm like super distracted. And by the time all this happened, I was too deep into the episode to start over. I was like, I am not starting this episode over. You guys will get what you get. So I do appreciate the feedback and everything like that. I appreciate everyone who's supporting. Do check out the Gorgon readings. I do believe one of the episodes. I think it's the first episode. I think that's near the thousand uh, view range as of right now. And the other ones just need some a little little bump up. But I mean, once again. When you're barely when you're barely promoting it, and on top of that, Alone in the Dark is not he, he which admittedly so he's not the best promoter of this stuff because he he's not in this the, the same circles that you and I are in. Um, but it's all good. It, it, it will it will get out there, especially once the content people see the content. It's like okay, cool. This is not just keeping keeping up with today's stuff. It's taking me back, and I do think there is a far more important market of people who may have these comics and especially that's why i use the tmnt one like i remember when i was doing a panel i think it was at comic palooza a few years ago shout out to them hopefully i can go back to houston and do, do that con again that was a fun con um and just talk about the history of the nerd ninja turtles and there was so as you said there were so many people who didn't know that so many people yep. were like oh holy crap i didn't know that so we're not spending like an hour just talking and walking and like we're talking about this stuff, so th- that to me is an important market because that makes people then want to go back because then even if they have not read the comic, they know what it is. So now then then they take it to CGC or whoever. Now they want to clean it up and make it worth yeah. more. Yeah. So obviously, what I mean, CGC, if you're hearing this, holla at your boy sponsorship. <laughs> but I mean, the, the idea. But in the, the day, that just helps the comic book market because I know. Every four or five years, everyone says comics are dying. The industry, everyone says the industry, industry's dying when when they can't make money off the that industry. Then, yeah, when it, yeah. but here's the thing, like most people don't know this, but some people do. I work in the strip club industry. People said that's dying. As long as you can touch titties and ass, it's not gonna die. Only <laughs> only fans can only get you so far. So like it's one of those things where 
we have to be careful when we're saying certain industries. Like, like I know Scorsese has been notorious for thinking that Marvel movies or comic book movies are not cinema. Honestly, are Italian American films cinema? You play, you, you think about, it, you do the same shit over and over. You're gonna think it's not market when you're going from movie theaters straight to Netflix. But isn't Netflix and streaming services the way of the world? Aren't you getting paid the same amount of money, or if not more, to put your their stuff on streaming services nowadays? I mean, but that's funny. It's it, the Scorsese one is even funnier because people forget when Scorsese originally started making gangster movies popular, the old Hollywood industry were, were coming off of the Gone with the Wind stuff, and they thought Scorsese was not art, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And those are the same guys who, who were coming off of the Western genres, and the Westerns thought that wasn't art. So it's it, it's the same. It's funny because I've been pointing it out to people where it's just kind of like, are you sure this is what's happening, or is it just? getting old and looking at the young and saying that's not what i like right right it's 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 easy to to forget you know like we're 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 talking you know ninja turtles just for saying that we already a certain demographic that that's past the time that's now you know and these kids are going to have their own thing so it's it's guys like scorsese are going to come and go i'm not stressing i still appreciate them and and again doing this Gorgon reading thing, I really hope, my, my hope is a lot of people are going to listen to this stuff and get curious and like go to your locals, you know, bookstores, libraries, independent bookstores, popular bookstores, and, and just rifle through and see what you can find, man. Like yeah. you'd be surprised how much fantastic content is out there getting no love, no push right. until and somebody suddenly goes, oh wait, Deadpool's a pretty decent character. And then he's the most popular character of all time. And it's just like, no, it's, They've been around. And that's They're the most amazing. important thing is supporting the comic book stores. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know some people think they're not making money. If you ever walk into a comic book store, I highly disagree with that. When you see the prices, how they're jacked up, and how many people are more willing to go to a comic book store. Like, for example, you know, just talking about this after this, we're going to close this episode. But I think this is an important point. You and I were talking about how. Uh, the new MCU Disney Plus wave came out, right? Now, yeah. let me tell you that quick story since I have you on the show. Then we're going to go. So I originally, once, because I think when it, I think I think it was you who showed me that that was going to be the new wave. I was like, these mother bleepers at Marvel got yeah. us again, right? <laughs> they, they got us. <laughs> I was hot because I was like, anyone who knows me, as I said before in the show, I don't like the MCU Marvel Legends because I prefer comic book accurate figures. But when you showed me that, I said, that is the most gorgeous Falcon Captain America I've seen in my life. I'm going to kill Kevin Feige for being so good at his job. Whatever, right? <laughs> so what happened was I actually went to GameStop. I had already pre-ordered some figures from the come on the bad guys wave. And I pre-ordered this. Well, it just so happens that I was just in freaking, as I told you a story a couple of weeks ago in the podcast, I was just in Target. I saw most of the wave. I picked it up and I ended up finding the rest of the wave. Well, anyways... The funny part about all this is, I went into a comic book store because I'm trying to convince this this guy, this owner, to put my. I think I, I think I have fingers crossed to put my comics in his store. Well, sure enough, I seen these figures. Now, mind you, market price for these figures are $19.99 plus tax, $20.99. That lets you know how much of a personal life I do not have because I know the prices. So, anyways, um, I'm looking and in the comic book store for the Captain America figure alone. Remember, the wings come with everything else. It was $34.99. So you're now paying $15 to $16 to $17 more, and these people are gladly paying it. Because you know what? 
they're real fans and they want it. Or they're scalpers and they want it. But usually real yeah. fans are the ones that w- are willing to pay the price so that way they don't have to pay the scalpers more Absolutely. on eBay and stuff like that. So I, I, I can go to my local store. I don't got to hunt it down right. at Targets and, and hope they're there. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So that's why when people say something's dying, I get I get it. So things just aren't going to be the way it was because here's the thing. There's so much, even before COVID, there's so much more access to get the figures without going through the hassle. The toy hunt is not is never going to be a thing of the past, in my opinion, but it will be a thing where people will be more selective. Like, legitimately, the only reason I found the, the, the set to complete the Captain America to get the wings is because I was driving to get my hair cut. There's this Walmart, right? When I first moved out to Colorado, this Walmart... Jonathan Esther literally had everything. It was fully stocked, whatever. And then it felt like, I'm going to blame AEW for this, it felt like once those AEW figures dropped, everyone seen and knew where to go, and they ravaged everything, whether it was DC, Multiverse, whether it was Marvel Legends, AEW, this thing has, this, this Walmart has had nothing for at least a full year and year and a half. So I'm just like, man, I'm, I was driving, I was like, man, I need to stop at Walmart anyway, get some 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 personal products or whatever, like some mouthwash or whatever. Let me just stop. They're not going to have anything. And it just so happens they had it. But it's like one of those things where it's just like, because there's always a possibility of you driving around spending gas and all those other things, you're already on a budget with these things. It's not fun to drive around just to be told, yeah, we didn't get that stuff. Especially when you're a real collector and then you end up having to go on eBay and sell it and buy it anyway. Um, I refuse to because I refuse to pay, uh, support scalpers. But um, no, to me, these things are not dying. It's just different avenues to get to it. But this, trust me, a lot of these comic book stores are doing just fine. So you want to support them. But more importantly, I remember when I went to your guys' comic book store, and very last thing for me, and he had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, and I, I couldn't remember which issue it was. But it was pretty pricey, and I wanted to get it. But I think he, he said something that kind of turned me off from it. I think it, I think I thought it was episode, episode. I thought it was issue one, but apparently it was like issue three or something. I was like, man, I want that to be a part of my collection, especially as big as a, of a fan as I am. But I was like, man, without number one, it makes no sense. Like the same way I told you, you and I were talking the other day, and you're like, without the wings, the Captain America doesn't mean anything. It's essentially useless. You have yeah. you, you can get the shield and a black Captain America anywhere, but until you get those those wings in the full set, it's not worth having. Um, yeah. so that's how I saw that as part of my collection. It's like, I want, if I'm going to pay that kind of price, I'm willing to pay it, but I want number one first. I want to make sure I got it. And lucky for me, it just, I, it worked out that way. But also, dude, I ain't got no kids. I ain't got no wife. No one likes me. So like you have that, you, you have those responsibilities. So you have to be more mindful of, well, I got to pick my daughter up at three. I can't just make a quick stop here and leave her at, the, at school. Uh, you know, it's not, you shouldn't be doing that at least. If you do it, or don't say that on live air, but, um, yeah, man, it's it's these these stores will be just fine, but they're gonna be even better when you go in these places and you actually know the history and you're actually gonna be more intrigued now to buy it. And even if you keep it in the plastic, you at least know the story. So, uh, Jonathan Nestor, that is him. That is the Gorgon readings. Like I said, I will put a link in the description so that way you guys can just click on it. Uh, matter of fact, what I might do, I'll put a link in this. I'll put two links in the description for the most viewed episode and for the episode that hasn't been viewed as much. So that way you guys can boost the views on that support your local creators. And honestly, they don't have social media set up, but if you ever want to send a PayPal to help them keep the content going, because as Jonathan Esther said, he, he was very humble when he said this, but he actually does all the music for it. So 
he's actually doing all stuff as in his house. He's doing the voiceovers, all this other stuff. Uh, when we use the uh, when, we, when we edit these videos, we pay to use Adobe to edit. So there is money that goes into this. So if you want to support it, just hit. You can hit me up at my PayPal, remoent at gmail. But honestly, I want to stay far away from this thing, so no one yells at me anymore. So Jonathan, let's <laughs> give them your PayPal. Uh, the fact that you don't realize that you're going to keep getting yelled about this is absolutely adorable. But either way, I just I just want to thank you for inviting me and allowing me to, to, to present this to, to your fans and your supporters who are quite quite vocal, it's turning out to be. <laughs> but also, I, I, I want to make sure that anybody who, who listens, please just relax and enjoy. That That's all I hope. I see what you did there. All right, that's the show. That's the show. I see things a little differently. Hope you enjoyed the Gorgon readings and Loki episode two. We are out.